What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to another episode of the Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. We're on episode forty-nine. Is that right? It's right in this version of the reboot. <laughs> As always, I'm your host Rob, and I'm being joined by the co-host with the co-most, this Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Not much. I had a weird day. Okay, it was a really strange day. (laughs) Um, It had its ups, and it was it was going pretty well until Spider Man ruined it. Okay, what happened? So this morning was like the first time I actually got to go to a doctor's appointment with my wife. We got an ultrasound, got to see the baby. So I was like riding high. Also got a half day at work, so didn't have to work in the morning. Um, All right. And, you know, it wasn't a busy day, so I was able to catch up on my emails just fine in the afternoon. And then after work, we started going on walks because, you know, it's good for my wife to walk. And so we go to this park and there's uh, Mr. Softy's truck uh, they're selling ice cream. We line up, we get we buy some ice cream. She gets herself like a chocolate fudge sundae. I get myself a Spider-Man ice cream. Uh, I mean, and, good call. Yeah. And, you know, we're walking through the park. I opened the wrapper and... Spider-Man's immaculate. Like, it's the perfect shaped Spider-Man. His eyes, his face, his mask is exactly how it should be. I don't believe that one bit. There's no way. Check my Twitter account or my Instagram. You'll see see a picture of uh, the chain of events. And they got rid of the gummies in his eyes. So those are no longer there. They got rid of the gumballs? Yeah, the gumballs. Those are no longer Uh, there. Which is disappointing, but eh, they are small and the flavor ran out quickly. So... I'm walking, and we're walking along, and I'm like, I'm eating it, I'm enjoying it. It just the flavor is kicking. It's like I had, I feel like a kid, and then one lick too strong, and the entire thing topples off the stick and hits the ground. Yeah, so I'm on your Instagram right now. That is an immaculate Spider-Man. And I, I, I accidentally, I mean, as you're telling that story, if you notice, he started laughing halfway through. Part of it is because my facial expression, because I spoiled myself on, on the ending. Yeah, that's brutal. That's a lot of ice cream that, on that sidewalk. I had eaten about 20% of that popsicle before the other 80% was just like, goodbye. No, that's brutal. That would ruin. I, I would be mad for the rest of the day. I, It was disappointing, but I... I, <laughs> I <laughs> I think I got good pictures out of it, just ironically, um, and it makes it makes a little fun story uh, with images that I decided to share out into the world. Um, I hope it's not a sign of twenty twenty one to come. Um, so, I mean, hey, look, there was ups before the downs, right? There'll be ups again. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. There's always another Spider Man ice cream. I didn't have any Spider Man ice cream, so now it seems like my day was a total waste. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's was good uh my kids just got off of spring break and so as a precaution my daughter who's normally in school because in person because she goes to a private school it's a smaller class they can space them out more they have i mean it's insane the classroom the desks themselves have like clear dividers all the way around so they're basically in these little cubicles and they have to wear a mask all day and so normally she's in school but as an extra precaution considering that they just came off of spring break and they know that families wanted to, whether, you know, ill-advised or not, go on vacation and there's nothing they can do to stop them. They decided that the first week back after spring break, they would be remote. 
So both my kids are here remote, which means I have no access to my office at all during the day, which means that a ton of work is getting done. Uh, luckily, I knew this was coming, so I kind of scheduled my client meetings uh, to next week. So I pretty much have this week free and off. I mean, I'm still taking calls. I'm still putting out fires left and right. But for the most part this week, I am chilling. That being said, I did get to play some games today. Oh, that, that's why it's called Gamescast. Yes. So let's go <laughs> ahead and get into what we've been playing. Why don't you kick it off? What have you been playing lately? Because I have a lot to say about everything I've been playing. So it was... I finally had a weekend where we really didn't have to go anywhere. We we still did some a few errands, but I got to just sit in and I fired up Outriders. And I think this is exactly what I needed because after Dragon Quest 11, I kind of hit this rut where nothing nothing was felt right. Nothing. I didn't want to tie too much into RPG. I just wanted to do something that was like nice and short bursts. I felt like I was getting enough progress. But I was also enjoying playing. And a lot of the games I did have in my backlog were just either, I knew, giant 80-hour adventures and something I just didn't want to dive into. So Outriders just came in, I played that demo, and now continued right off uh, where that left off. And it's been perfect. It's been exactly what I need. I You know, last week we talked about a bit about the demo, and I, I think most of the points still stand where... It feels like if you take Mass Effect and you strip away the great story, but you keep like the powers uh, and the shooting elements, you have a great like looter shooter, a single player looter shooter um, that follows a pretty repetitive type nature. The game's broken up into a bunch of different areas and then you go through trying to clear out an objective and it's kind of like you do two shooting galleries and then you get to the next checkpoint, you'll come across some side quests, which either involve like an NPC hunting a beast in the area or a bounty on some sort of uh, altered, uh, which is, you know, some crazed up guy with powers that you just need to take down uh, before reaching like the story objective for the end of that area. Um, yeah. So I liken it to the division, mm-hmm. except more linear with more interesting abilities. Yeah. And, and so, like, I've been playing this mostly single-player for the majority of the weekend, and it was... I was having a great time with it. And then yesterday, um, we dived into this multiplayer, and I really... Like, it was great, but then I was kind of confused at what this game was actually supposed to be. Because when you're playing single-player, it's like... It gets hard. You have to play smart with your abilities. You can't just... As much as the game wants you to rush in, you can't rush in solo. But when we were playing with three people, it was just like powers galore. It was just like go wreck havoc. <laughs> I mean, mayhem. that being said, the game does have a system where the world tiers mm-hmm. make the game progressively harder. So the more you level up the world tier, you move on to the next world tier and the whole world is harder. The enemies scale accordingly, so you can run into enemies that are four, five, six, seven levels above you, depending on your world tier. And they do say that if you are having difficulty to go ahead and drop that world tier. I mean, in the game's book, I believe world tier three is considered normal difficulty. Yeah. And then world tier four. When meanwhile, you were doing the solo on world tier eight. 
Nine? Nine, I think. I, I just I kept it on auto, so um, you can control whether it just keeps on bumping up. And then you get better drops, get better gear out of it. And so, like, but I, so I felt like I was progressing along with the difficulty. I didn't feel like it ever got too difficult outside of, like, one or two missions. I know snipers have been a big pain point for some of the classes just because um, they are hard. They are hard to dodge at times if there's multiple and you don't have a clear line of sight and you have people rushing you as well. Um, but like with the Technomancer, the class I'm playing, uh, you can just drop a turret uh, that will freeze them. You can, you know, use a little missile launcher and then they, there's an ability called Blighted Rounds, which just shreds through enemies. And I think one of the fun things that comes out of this game is the mods on your equipment really play into or help you craft your playstyle. So with these blighted rounds, you get one clip that does a shit ton of damage. But with one of the mods, I can uh, get a second magazine. And then with another mod, I can then get 30% ammo return to that clip if I kill an enemy. And so there's parts where there's like, some enemies are just really weak. And I can just go through an entire counter using that one ability just once, and it's like it's like you build you build your character around your playstyle, and it's really cool. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I, one of the things I like the best is building it around your playstyle. So I'm playing the trickster, which is a more aggressive playstyle than your technomancer. And you mentioned the snipers, for example. I mean, my whole job in that scenario when we're playing together and we're storming this beach is while you guys are hanging back and drawing some of the attention i am literally teleporting behind the snipers and trying to take them out because my class heals from close range kills i also love just kind of the way the different classes abilities depending on how people have built how you can mix and match and the synergy that's there in these combat arenas when you're dropping a, a turret and i'm going up there and dropping a time bubble and then we were playing with our buddy Garrett and he's playing the pyromancer. And he's lighting everybody on fire. There are times where there is so much going on on screen that it could be hard to follow. But in the same way that like a blockbuster superhero movie has a ton of effects going on where it's still enjoyable and fun, even if it does get a bit chaotic, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, and I think, like, um, I know all three of us have a Series X that we were playing off of. Um, to its credit, the game runs smooth as butter. Um, I didn't... I, there might be, like, a frame or two drop here or there, but, like, it's so inconceivable that, like... It, but it just comes off across as a smooth experience. And I remember when we used to do Destiny 2 raids, and there would just be all six of us popping our supers and, like, going to town on a boss in a raid. The frame rate would just chug to, like, a complete halt. you just get, like, a slideshow. And, and, like, credit to this generation of consoles, that's not the case anymore. And I'm, like, really enjoying these, like, crazy experiences. Um, and what... Yeah, I was gonna say that's not to say that it's been a perfect experience since launch. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. The game was having a ton of problems with the server. I don't think they anticipated how many people were going to be hitting the servers at once. I don't think Game Pass, it launching on Game Pass day and date, helped out with that at all. And we see this with all big online releases. I mean, Destiny One, Destiny Two had this problem. Division had this problem. All these online multiplayer games 
have these problems. I mean, Call of Duty is at a point now where they handle it probably better than anybody, but that first night, that first night and a half is still a disaster. Yeah. And where, I think the frustrating part about it for Outriders is that if you're like me playing this game single player, it's frustrating that you need that online connection. I get it with the loot. Um, you don't, may want to make sure there's no hacking going on with people, you know, creating fake weapons. I know like that's been a big issue in the Borderlands games in the past, where on those older consoles you just have people creating fake weapons with like crazy stats and it completely breaks the game. Um, so so I get that aspect of it, but there, I just don't see why there couldn't have been like an offline single player version um that was available that like synced up um it would have made life easier because there was times where i'd get through like an encounter and then i would get crashed the server would crash and then i'd have to go back in and replay that and when you're playing single player some of those encounters can take somewhere between 15 to 20 minutes and it's just like having to replay that's frustrating but like i didn't mind doing it because it's so much fun um and so like yeah i you know, props to Phil Spencer and the team over at Xbox for grabbing Outriders on day one. This is exactly, exactly, I think, like what a lot of people were looking forward to um, uh, for all this. And, like, uh, I know the, and, you know, shout out to the communications manager or the social media manager over uh, at People Can't Fly because they did a fantastic job uh, updating the Twitter feed. I know it's not easy. I know it's Easter weekend, and the last thing anyone wants to do is manage uh, Twitter feed and fix servers, but they did a great job communicating like what they were doing, whatnot. I think they're still working on putting out a post on what um, exactly happened, but I think since Sunday afternoon, it's been, fair, it's been up and with maybe a minor crash error there, but nothing as bad as like the five, six hour outages they had on Friday and Saturday. We talked about this last week, actually, where I was saying that developers need to be more open and communicative and show a little bit behind the curtain. And as you said, they did a fantastic job this past week. And I always knew when the servers were down a general timetable and they were honest about it. They were like, look, we're still trying to there were point, at points where they were saying, look, we're still trying to figure out exactly what the cause is, but it doesn't look like this is going to be a 10 to 20 minute issue. This looks like it's going to be an hour, mm-hmm. hour and a half. We'll let you know. And then in an hour, if there was no change, they did update it and they kept updating, communicating. Yeah. Also, I want to point out that it's people can fly. Oh, uh, sorry. Bilal has mentioned people can't fly, I think twice last week and now once already this week. So we'll keep a running count and see how often he says the developer's name wrong because i have a feeling we'll be talking about this game in this exact segment for at least the next couple weeks yes what else have you been playing uh so uh you know subscription gaming um is going to be our topic of the week later spoilers uh and there was a big big drop from apple arcade of all um of all places uh you know when it launched last year i think it was last year or that sounds about yeah. right. I mean, yeah. time. <laughs> time is a flat circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when it, Apple Arcade dropped, it came out with a bunch of new games from like a lot of great publishers and developers. Um, and with this release, I was looking forward to Fantasian, uh, which is from Mistwalker, a uh, studio that's done uh, RPGs like Lost Odyssey, Blue Dragon. And so I was really looking forward to this because um, this one was, it's like a classic RPG um jrpg um tell me if you heard this one before you play a character who has amnesia 
<laughs> okay, so totally original. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but there's a machine overlord that appears in the sky and that's just spitting out machinery that's like ruining the world. And it's like it has really cool art. Um, it looks a lot better than certain Nintendo Switch first party RPGs. I'll say that. Um, it's actually kind of impressive how good some of these Apple Arcade games look. Uh, I only about put about out an hour into Fantasian, uh, but it's something I was able to play. With, just pop my backbone into um, my yeah the backbone controller. Uh, just pop my iPhone into it. Worked flawlessly. Uh, controls well. Plays well. It's a classic RPG style. I just got my second party character. Um, excited to see where it goes. I've heard uh, um, it's supposed to be two parts. So this is part one, which is supposed to be about a twenty to thirty hour experience, and then part two comes out I think later this year, uh, from what I've heard. Uh, so you know, excited to dig in more with that. And then I also fired up Platinum Games. Uh, you know, Platinum Games near um, what? God, uh, I'm trying Bayonetta, Vanquish. Yes. Uh, and they did World of Darkness, uh, which I just did the tutorial for right before this uh, call. If you, it, it, I mean, I don't have too much to say for it outside of what it looks fantastic. It looks like Okami, and it plays really well. It's smooth. It's it, it looks great. It's got that nice like art flow, kind of like the Street Fighter Four. Um, you know that first trailer they dropped for that. Um, excited to dig in more to that. Um, yeah, Apple out of nowhere just came out and just dropped like some serious great games uh and you know i'm excited to dig in to see what else is there i know apple arcade just put out uh another free month for it so if you have an iphone or ipad apple tv you can sign up and try these games out for free for a month and it's five dollars from there do you think this is how they're going to continue to handle their content release i mean i know they release things on a fairly regular basis but it seems that we had the very beginning when they dropped that, what was it, 16, 20 titles, however many titles mm-hmm. it was at launch. And a lot of them got generated a lot of buzz because of how qu- high quality they were. Mm-hmm. And then again, we have another slightly meteor drop of high quality titles. Do you think that they'll continue to do this type of release similar to what Microsoft and Xbox used to do on the 360 area where we had the Summer of Arcade and where they would highlight these games that they curated to say hey these are the games that we think deserve to be highlighted and we're going to release them in this short period do you think apple continues to do something like that if i was apple because like they're dropping a lot all at once um if i was apple i'd see if i could do deals in a quarterly type manner so every every four months you can drop something because i know when it, they first dropped it i kept i re-upped for i think either one or two months to continue playing grindstone and a, a few others um, that were part of the Apple Arcade. Uh, and then, you know, I canceled it right after because I was like, okay, I got my fill. Uh, I'm not going to play all these. But uh, I got that. But if they can drop these in a manner that every maybe four months you're dropping back in to check out what's new, maybe four to five games, five, six games uh, every time, uh, I think that way you don't get overburdened because, th- like, this drop was pretty big. as. uh I think it's around 20 games plus some old ones as well that were, you know, app store classics. Uh, and I think if they can do new releases in a smaller chunks, you get more people signing up maybe for one month or two months to try them out and then coming back to the platform. 
So what else? Have you and been then playing? and then the final thing I played was uh, that one night where you invited me to Project Winter with the guys, and man, this is exactly what I wanted after Among Us because uh, oh yeah, I did actually play Among Us's airship level. Um, quick notes on that: it's a massive ship. I highly recommend getting a full group and setting it to one imposter. If you have 10 people, maybe two, because that ship is so big, it takes so long to learn um, that if you have too many imposters, it can just easily go around and kill everybody before people figure out what's going on. Um, But yeah, Project Winter is, like you explained last week, it's more in the vein of um, more um, task-oriented imposter syndrome like oh oh, it's like oh like among us you know there's uh two imposters in the group you go everyone's trying to work towards an objective i played through some of the tutorial before i got my invite and once i got my invite um i didn't realize roles were a thing and so i got the role of uh what was it defector defector yes yes and so i I didn't realize there was a list that you could read off of. So I was like, okay, defector. So I'm clearly the traitor, not knowing that I can just open traitor boxes on the map. And so I caused mass confusion for everybody because I think, Rob, you were a traitor that came along with one of your friends. And I went and got had a crossbow, got called out for having a crossbow and decided to shoot our friend Taylor. Uh, and then everybody thought they got rid of one. When in reality, they just got rid of a teammate because I had no idea what I was doing. And it was just like the mind games that were being played were just great. Um, I was listening to a podcast earlier today where somebody had mentioned that they had been playing Project Winter and they described it as Among Us with mechanics. Yes. And that is more or less what it is. I mean, you're still trying to complete objectives just like in Among Us. There are two traders. There are... um, there are two traders, and then I think it's six survivors, we'll call them, uh, trying to complete an objective. And you can sabotage objectives. You could also, as a trader, you could try to murder the survivors. Now, unlike Among Us, where it's a quick kill, in Project Winter, it you have to basically hack at them to, to kill them. So there are oftentimes where it's either drawn out long enough that somebody else happens to be the vicinity and they hear the person screaming and then screaming out that you're the traitor or sometimes they get away. And so there are also some survival mechanics to it where you get hungry when you're playing, you start to get cold because you're out in the winter, hence project winter. Mm -hmm. And there are also beasts on the map. There are wolves, there are bears, and they will attack you if you get close. So, those there wolves are, are ferocious. Yeah, especially if you happen to run into some white wolves. The white animals are, are, are brutal. They're the worst ones. They're the most aggressive. They're the fastest, it seems. I mean, the game doesn't explicitly spell that out, but that's been our experience. Um, there are also some mechanics. that I don't even know how many of them we came across. I think we mostly just came across the random teleport where the screen goes white and then you get teleported to somewhere else yeah. on the map. I was also very confused on when I got turned into a rabbit with everybody else. So that's the best one because that's the one where it will change everybody into a white suit with a bunny head. And so everybody looks the same. So that is where you can get some shenanigans where people will start attacking people and then running away and not saying anything. So it does introduce a, a few new wrinkles to the, we'll say among us formula. I 
love that game i think it's great i think that game should be bigger than it is mm-hmm. and should be more popular than it is i think that once i started getting my streaming setup off the ground i think that's one of those games where i can see us streaming on the regular especially with the group i play with yeah I mean, it's, I it's a good time and yeah, like, i think that could be a lot of fun yeah and it's available on game pass uh like you said last week and it has cross play with pc because i was playing on pc i know you guys are playing on xbox um Weirdly, I'd recommend if you have a 4K compatible PC, maybe run it in 1440. Um, it's weirdly demanding at 4K. Like, you can run it, but my fans are definitely spinning for a game that might not need as much graphical fidelity as uh, you would think. So, I've been playing some of those games that you mentioned as well. I mean, obviously, we played Project Went to get Together. I have been playing Outriders. I already gave my thoughts. I really like that game. Outside of that, I've also been playing a little bit of Wild Rift, which is that League of Legends mobile port that we talked about last week. I see. I see oh, your pupils are dilated. Oh, I see the, the heroin has kicked in. No, not quite. <laughs> I do think that it is well done and it is actually ideal for a mobile experience where the matches are only 15 minutes to 20 minutes. So I find myself laying in bed at night if I can't sleep, just pulling out my phone and playing a match real quick and then going to bed angry. Or (laughs) if I am outside of my son's Taekwondo in the car waiting for him, I can just pick it up on my phone and, and play over mobile, over cellular. I do still think that League of Legends fundamentally as a game has problems and it's probably one of the most frustrating experiences is it in all the, of gaming is it the steamrolling aspect you think like it's too hard to come back from behind i for the most part i think so right mm-hmm. I, I it's funny you say that uh, i played a match right beforehand with my buddy amin and we were actually behind and i told him i was like if we just team fight i'm i'm playing so and i was playing support if we team fight the way they're fight they're playing I can get a stun off, I can keep us alive, and we'll win. And we actually were able to bring it back. But most of the matches have been completely one-sided. I also think that, I don't know if it's just the League of Legends community of players being toxic still to this day. It's it's pretty bad. Or if it's that and a mix of because it now is so accessible and it is on a cell phone. You just have a ton of people who don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I've had many situations where I've gone in, called the role, selected my champion just to then have to change last second because somebody refuses to budge off of their one champion. And I've had matches where we were missing three of the roles because <laughs> people all wanted to be, you know, 80 carries. I, so, I've, Yeah. I haven't played since I think, um, I think right, right the day right before we recorded the episode forty eight, and I think I started encountering that in the last few games I played where people weren't really communicating their roles, and then luckily I just play support regardless. But it was still some situations and I was like, unless I have a full group of people, I don't see myself really investing too much time in this because I want to avoid the headache. And getting to rank, I think, requires you to level up to level 11, I think it uh, was. I don't remember, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and I was just like, I, I don't know if I want to put that much investment and start playing a ranked 
mobile game because uh, right. then what am i doing with my life i mean like i said last week and i'll say it again this week i do think that it is a very good yes. mobile interpretation of league of legends and i am enjoying this more than actual league of legends so it is a nice little fix when i do get that that itch to play a mobile moba in that vein i still think that smite is the superior moba i still continue to play that on a regular basis that game is also a disaster. Nobody else should ever play it ever again. But I love it. So Wild Rift is also coming on consoles. Do you think you ever find yourself in a situation where Wild Rift replaces Smite? I don't believe so. I could see us dabbling in it and then having an on-off where for a few months we're playing Wild Rift, for a few months we're playing Smite. I mean, this happens with Smite. I'll be playing it for months and months and months and then won't play it for half a year because I'm so frustrated and fed up with it. Yeah. I'm actually shocked you picked up another MOBA because for me, I I know when it came to consoles, we initially were playing together, but learning champions, learning their skills, and with the roster as big as it is in Smite, it's just exhausting. It's like trying to learn five generations of Pokemon all over again. So I will say the good thing is I did pick up Smite early on when it came to consoles. Mm. So I've been learning the champions as they've been releasing. Whereas that's part of the problem I'm having right now with Wild Rift is there's been so many uh, Legends released that I just have no idea what they do. And a lot reworked as well. And so I find myself at a huge disadvantage in that regard. I think that's probably part of the reason why I continue to play support because for the most part I can just stay back in a sport like Sona. I'm just healing, pitting out damage when I can, and, and boosting where applicable. Yeah. But I still don't feel comfortable playing, say, mid. And I for sure don't feel comfortable jungling, even though jungle and mid are the roles that I play and smite predominantly. Outside of that, I've also been playing more Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about so- time. Well, last week, you didn't seem so hot on so this. I, want, I kept seeing you jump back into this on Xbox. So I want to apologize. I want to apologize to Crash Bandicoot. I want to <laughs> apologize to our listeners. Because last week, I came in here and I said that I had started playing and I didn't think that I liked that game. I now know I don't like that game. <laughs> And that I don't think it is a good game. I think it has some good ideas, actually. And I think there are parts of it that are fun. I'm also, admittedly, n- as much as I love platformers, I don't love platformers that are collectathons. That's never been my thing. Even in the Mario games, I get the minimum number of stars or moons or whatever it is, shines, that's necessary to beat the game. I'm not out there trying to 100%. And Crash Bandicoot is insane in its collectibles and what it wants from you. I played a level earlier today where I was like, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to try to get every single box. But there's a hidden one in the worst possible spot. You know, the funny thing is I was one box short and I'm pretty sure it's one of the jump boxes that you use to you know, hit the higher up boxes. But I forgot to then ground pound it to break that one as well. <laughs> And so at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm done with these boxes and these Wumpa Fruits, and I just want to get through the game. I am on the very last world 
oh, of, wow. of the game. I will beat it. It's totally sunken cost fallacy on my part. <laughs> I've just gotten so far that I have to see it through. Even though there's no reason for me to continue to play this game that I'm not enjoying. I, I will say that it looks very good. The character design is very well done. And the amount of fanfare in it, the ability to unlock all these different skins for the characters, having these other guest characters that you can play one-off levels with. There are parts of this game that make me feel like Crash Bandicoot could be a better game if it wasn't still trapped in some of its origins in the way it's played. It's trying to be a modern-day platformer by sticking to 90s roots which it's not it's not going to happen um, i think the biggest crime it commits and this is totally just my opinion and maybe i'm playing it wrong or i'm just doing something wrong my timing's off but the double jump is horrendous in this game most double jumps continue your momentum right mm-hmm. so you'll jump and then you hit it again and it it's fluid whereas this one there's something about the animation where when you go to hit that second jump it's not giving you a full second arc the same way most platformers do. It seems to stop you and then jump, which kind of cuts it. So it's just not fluid. In my opinion, it just doesn't feel good. Now, there are some masks in this game that give you abilities that I think the mechanics are very interesting and are very fun. There's one where you get it fairly early on, where when you put it on, you can then hit right trigger to continuously spin around in a circle yeah and so that when you jump you kind of float out there and hover a little bit more and then you can jump again if it's so that actually i think feels good and when it's done well and the level design is good is a, a ton of fun i'm just glad on that level where you have i think where you first have to use that and then you need to jump these platforms with massive gaps in between that that halo exists because without it, it, this game would be impossible. Right. And there's an option to turn off the Halo. I don't know if you I mean, saw that's that. nuts. No, I haven't gone that deep. I, I would never in a million years. I do also believe that for people who are fans of this game and are fans of this franchise, they pack a, a ton of content into it. And they allow you to play the levels over again backwards in an inverse mode. This game could give somebody... 30, 40 hours of entertainment, honestly, if they were trying to oh, yeah. 100% it and get everything. I think the one thing that's also kind of baffling to me is that this game is fairly difficult in that its camera angles and just the way you, you play this game, the way the game is presented, lead to a lot of situations where you're not quite sure if you are, even with the Halo, you're not quite sure if the platform is off to your right or directly in front of you especially when it's it's 2d Mm -hmm. and side scrolling there's also situations where you're on a rail and then by the time you can see what's coming up next it's too late so then it becomes a run-based game essentially where you have to memorize this run in order to get through it and for me that's just not fun right and i i like platformers that are challenging i mean i love the two guacamole games i love ori the ori games I love challenging platformers, and granted, both of those games are more Metroidvania than than this game is, but this, some of the challenge feels like cheap challenge. Yeah. Right. I mean, you played Uncharted 4, right? Yes. Yeah, like the joke in that where Nathan Drake's like, why would I, why are we running towards the camera? 
uh, from the giant boulder. And it, it is true. It's just like it, it's it has those weird caveats. You know, um, I think this was done by Toys from Bob or Toys for Bob. Yeah. Also, it looks like Beanox has also had a mm-hmm. hand in it as well. And I th- I think both those studios do very good work. Yeah. And so I don't I think that they did the best they could with what they had. I just think that it's still too rooted in its past to be a good modern day platformer. I also don't understand outside of the hardcore crash fans who have nostalgia, who this is aimed towards, because I don't think, I think most kids through world two would just be so fed up and frustrated that they'd be done with it. Yeah. I I can definitely see it. There's been like, I'm fairly good at platformers, and there are sections of this where I'm just like, after this level, I'm putting this down because I, I don't have the willpower to go through another, uh, or like die like 20 times um, just trying to get this jump or these boxes. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm with you when it comes to Crash 4, where next time I fire it up, screw the, bro- uh, screw the boxes, just go for the finish line uh, and get through the story. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I'm going to finish this. And like I said, I'm at the last world as if I just beeline to the end. All right, that's enough, Crash. All the games we've talked about this week, if you had to pick one, what's your recommendation for people to play? Outriders. Yeah, I agree. I second that. Go buy a Series X if you don't have one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, or just play it on what you have. But for sure, if you have Game Passers for console, there's no excuse not to download it and give it a try. Yeah. um, I actually... um, Yeah, no, Game Pass is wonderful. It's amazing. There's more games coming to it this week. Um, that was announced earlier today. Um, man, if you're looking for it, just look at the Game Pass Twitter account. You'll, <laughs> you'll see what's up. Bilal over here trying to add last minute news stories to the, uh, the podcast as if our podcast isn't long enough because of all our rambling. I actually want to bump up something from the topic of the week uh, into the news story because I kind of want to go off this Game Pass news. Uh, and I think this dropped the very next day after we recorded last week of uh, the news that MLB The Show 21 is coming to Game Pass. Uh, and I, I think it's kind of mind-blowing because there hasn't been a baseball game outside the Sony platform, um, like an official MLB one, in quite some time. Uh, and the fact that this is coming to Game Pass on day one uh, is an amazing get for uh, Microsoft. Yeah, that is to say there hasn't been a big-budget MLB game outside of the show. I do know that the... MLB itself has some sort of development team that was releasing. can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they had released a baseball game the past couple of years. But we knew that this was coming to Xbox as part of the renegotiations for the license between Sony and MLB. It's my understanding that MLB basically said, look, you want this license again, you have to make it multi-platform. Yeah, yeah and uh, so I'll, we were going through the show, something popped up on my Twitter feed, and apparently... Um, Inverse got a quote from PlayStation on exactly how this game shows up on uh, uh, ended up on Game Pass, and it was a directive straight from MLB themselves. Um, and the quote goes: uh, "As part of the goal for this year's game, MLB decided to bring the franchise to more players and baseball fans." A PlayStation representative tells Inverse, "This decision provides a unique opportunity to further establish MLB the Show as a premier brand for baseball video games." Yeah, and like. I don't blame them. That if you want baseball to be big on consoles, Game Pass is the way to get it out to as many people as possible. Um, 
I mean, I, I think this is a great move on MLB's part. I think Sony can't really be happy about it, right? This is yeah. one of, and we can argue all all night about this about whether or not MLB the Show is a big ticket tentpole Sony exclusive. I have friends that, and I have a friend in particular who has bought every PlayStation console specifically so that he could play the show. The show is one of those games where they do make a big deal about the fact that it is such a great sports game. And when most sports games are feeling stale, they continue to shine. And so this is a big deal to have this once Sony exclusive, this Sony developed exclusive, not just appear on the Xbox, but to arrive on Game Pass day one. I mean, that's insane. I I had to do a double take because I could not believe the news. Yeah, and like, uh, do you know if MLB The Show has anything like the Fantasy Ultimate Team or the FIFA Ultimate Team um, stuff? I, I, I don't. I... Truth be told, I haven't played baseball since... Uh, I shouldn't have played a baseball video game with any seriousness since the Xbox and PlayStation 2 era of baseball yeah. titles. Same and here. so I am going to play this one. I was actually going to play this and buy it for my Xbox. And now with Game Pass, it's, an, it's a no-brainer. And I believe that this game is also crossplay um as well because i was looking this up because some of my buddies were joking around how now that it's coming to game pass and our one friend who owns a series x and owns a ps5 and bought the ps5 so he could play the show he kept saying that he was still gonna buy it on ps5 even though it's coming to game pass because that's where he's always played the title and so my friends were joking about possibly getting really, really, really serious and into MLB the show, but on Xbox and then rubbing it in his face that they couldn't play with them. And I had to be the party pooper and look that up. <laughs> so um, Game Rant has an article from back in February saying the game will have both cross play and cross progression. Doing it right. Yeah, I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah. 100%. And listen, I know this is a, a big deal and it's kind of insane for it to come out, but. It is also a situation where it's only going to make Sony more money too, right? Yeah. I mean, the more copies they sell, the better off it is for them. And and it, you know, I, I was going to try to make a stretch and say, you know, people see the quality of this game and maybe they start looking into other PlayStation developed titles. But I don't think that's actually the case, mostly because the fact that this is a sports game. Right. So it's not like playing an Uncharted and then saying, oh, this Sony developed game is fantastic. Let me try Horizon. Right. This other game that is somewhat similar. Let me look into God of War, this other single player narrative game. I don't see outside of Sony obviously getting paid somehow on this Game Pass deal. I don't see much upside for them. I think they come out looking bad in this situation. And so the only the only thing I think that there's two scenarios I think that work out for Sony in here. I think 
the cut of the microtransactions, if there are any, if there is something like right. FIFA Ultimate Team I mean, or, Mad- sh- one or Madden sure, has, sure. Right. Um, like they can bank off that because that stuff does billions. It, it literally is like EA's model. Um, and then the other thing being it establishes a baseball fandom on Xbox. And, you know, it, it hasn't been there, like you said. Um, you know, there might have been some other minor games, but the show is the big one. Uh, if they can get people in on, on 21, then twenty two, the show 22 is, you know, people will buy that. You know, the, I, I don't see why that won't be the case. If you right, become that a is fan. a good point. Like, like this, this was not a game I was going to try. Um, it, it just wasn't. Like, I, I don't buy sports games. I... Uh, wait for uh, for EA Play. I wait for them to get super cheap, uh, and it, or get added to the vault, and then I'll pick it up as every couple of years because I don't. I only play when people come over and they're like, "Hey, let's play 2K or something," um, and that's it. And so this allows me to pick this up, play with you guys. Like, I can't wait to play Home Run Derby. You know, yeah. I think that'll be oh, like a fun night. Like, who can win Home Run Derby? Uh, and that could just be something that like becomes a memory and people are like okay let's grab the next one and we'll recreate those nights Um, i i do think the one thing that makes this look bad for sony as well in my opinion is that there was all that talk out of sony about them viewing game pass as being unsustainable Mm -hmm. right and that being why they didn't have a similar offering and so to now see one of their own developed titles come out day and date. This is going to be interesting. I'm also wonder if we're going to see an article that says Microsoft has X amount of active players versus the PlayStation five, right? Or Mm -hmm. versus the, the, the PlayStation family across PlayStation four and PlayStation five. If we do see a situation where, yeah, now the fan base is on Xbox and then how that looks going forward. I mean, could you imagine if the bigger fan base for a Sony developed title was on on Microsoft's consoles? <laughs> I mean, we might see a situation similar where the reverse is true, you know, with Microsoft acquiring Bethesda after they had already made those deals with Sony for... Mm-hmm. Death Loop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Is that the name yes, of that? Yes, that's correct. And so there is a situation where we do see it moving more units on the Sony platform, and those are now Microsoft owned development teams. I think, it's, yeah, I, I think Death Loop is also coming to PC. Is that yes, right? I believe yeah, so. Yeah. I think I might, that's where I might end up picking that one up. Um, I mean, I'm just going to wait, I think and get it on game pass day and date when it finally does come that being said it's weird times as far as the video game landscape is concerned that we're living in yeah i mean like microsoft like the big thing with microsoft was like halo infinite got delayed at the end like last year in september october ish right it wasn't gonna get released in november and people were like what does microsoft have like yeah they did buy bethesda but that's gonna take some time uh, to come to fruition along with all their other studios like they don't have anything but like with Game Pass, they've just changed the narrative. It, it it's unbelievable the deals they've been making um, with it, and you know there's just this groundswell around them, uh, and it's theirs to lose. Like 
I I feel like they've regained ground. They're they're selling consoles. I you know Sony still has those first party AAA titles. I don't think Microsoft has an answer for that just yet, and I, and I don't know if they'll be able to touch them. I, I I honestly like seeing the direction of Gears Five and some of the stuff with Halo Infinite. I don't know um, if will those will be the answer to like Horizon Zero Dawn and, and games like that. But um, I I think Xbox might be the where you and your friends play and that's thanks to games pass um just real quick i'd much rather play another gears game than the horizon zero dawn sequel i do not think i do not think i think that narrative is 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 fine and it's interesting i do not think that game itself is very much fun i think it's a average game that is punching above its weight because of excellent voice acting and a beautiful world and an interesting story but as far as gameplay is concerned i do not think that game is all that anyway and Next. that does it for this iteration yeah. of the games cast. No, we're done again. <laughs> no, so you have a couple other news stories you want to get us into yeah. the news? Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, come the weather is getting warmer. Um, spring is here, and with come spring, the rumors start kicking in for E3. And last year, Jeff Kelly did Summer's Game Fest. Uh. And so this year, you know, he has announced that Summer Games Fest is coming back uh, in June, starting in the beginning of June, and it's free industry-wide celebration of video games. Last year, I believe what they did was they released a calendar of events. There's timed, um, I think it was Twitch uh, or YouTube gaming uh, or YouTube streams of announcements. They had developers on that would showcase uh, new games, ex- expansions to games. And so they discussed a lot of uh, what was coming there. Did you catch any of this stuff last year from Summer Game Fest? So Summer Game Fest was a little bit weird and different than, mm-hmm. say, an E3 or a PAX. Or... The beauty of E3 or the Video Game Awards, right? E3 is that it's condensed, right? Yes. Video Game Awards, you're getting all your announcements that night. E3, you're getting your announcements over the course of three to four days where the Summer Games Fest was scattered. Okay? It wasn't even a daily thing. It was You had a, a couple things going on on a Wednesday and then something on a Saturday. And, and so when I remembered to check in and saw something I was actually interested in, then I would pop in. But I found it much harder to stay on top of that than, say, in E3. Whereas there are times mm-hmm. during E3 where there are live streams going on, I'm watching, like, all weekend, whether I am actually interested or was looking forward to it or not, just to see if there's something that's going to surprise me. Where yeah. it feels like more work, Games Fest does to go out of your way to actually find that stuff. Yeah, and it was like, and I think with no offense to Jeff Keighley, I, I mean, the effort he put into organizing all that is amazing. Like, I'm glad, you know, with COVID being fairly new around that time. He was able to pull this together so quickly last year. I I, I agree with you. Uh, it wasn't condensed. It wish it, you know, it would be like, oh, cool, Crash Four is announced um, today, and that was the news for the day. And, but like when you put that with other stuff on one condensed one hour, two hour long presentation, it comes off like a bigger splash. It feels great. And so I do think we'll get that with E three this year as. It has, you know, the Entertainment Software Association has announced that E3 2021 will be a free all-digital event running from June 12th through the 15th. 
um, and it will include Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two Interactive, Warner Brothers Games, and uh, Coke Media um, as, as part of their, the, And those are the ones that are already slated yeah. to participate. So, no Sony. real quick, before mm-hmm. I forget, and it has nothing to do with this. Okay. It's just because you mentioned ca- Crash again. Just so people know, the reason I've been playing Crash 4 now, even though this game has been out for a little while, is the next-gen update just released March 12th or whatever it was. Mm. And so that's why I picked it up. I didn't just randomly have the urge to play uh, Crash 4. It was just, hey, this game has a next-gen update, and that always intrigues me. And so that's why I'm playing this game that I cannot stand. Anyway, back to (laughs) what you were saying. It's also the reason why I picked up that game because it was on sale and they got a next gen update yeah but um we have we have um e3 uh 2021 happening all digitally uh, june 12th through the 15th um there was a weird rumor that it might have gone uh behind the paywall but they quickly squashed that r- rumor um based off of I, what i'm guessing is early just push backlash from, yeah, yeah backlash from the community um, I, I think i agree with you I think maybe if they did like a premiere tier with like demos or something, sure, fine. But like, I can't imagine uh, publishers and developers trying to put together demos during COVID. Like, why put that effort in? Um, just put it into a trailer or uh, actual gameplay presentation that you're doing as part of a bigger presentation. Um, I'm very curious to see release dates for a lot of stuff that get announced here because I don't. I think we're about to enter a really weird era of not too many major releases. Like we'll see. I think we'll see like Horizon maybe this year or early next year. I think we'll see Halo at the end of this year. Um, not sure what Nintendo's even working on at this point. Um, maybe the Switch Pro. That would be nice. Konami is a head scratcher because I thought they were out of games, but they're apparently still back. Ubisoft will Assassin's Creed. They'll come back with the Assassin's Creed in Rainbow Six. I think. I think if if there's any studio that I can trust coming out of E3 with games still coming out, it's Ubisoft because they they are in really I, consistent. Yeah, I, I you know I think Microsoft is as well. I think Microsoft actually values E3 and that time to kind of own the narrative and get people excited and to get people talking about what they want them to talk about. So I do think, especially with the acquisition of Bethesda, I do see that while I think E3 2022 is probably going to be the much bigger for Microsoft because we'll actually have some hard release dates of games coming out shortly after that event. I do think that this one will be a big one for them. Even if it's just, I mean, all I have to do is go out there and follow up with details on what was last year? Fable, um, Everwild. Is Everwild that that new rare game? Yes. The next next Gears game, if they want to talk about it already. Show off footage from Halo Infinite, which you imagine will release shortly after that. And then talk about when Deathloop think- is coming to yeah. Xbox. Tease Starfield some some more. Uh, well, there's rumors that Starfield actually might drop at the end of this year. Well, I, mean, I, I don't, I don't buy it. Right. I think people are being hopeful um, there, but 
Yeah, I I think they announced some other big gets for um Game Pass as well. Like yeah, and then imagine them announcing Elden Ring coming in Game Pass uh, day and day. Could you imagine? Don't don't do this to me, Rob. <laughs> We're lucky the cameras are being recorded. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but like you know, it's a YouTube rumor, but I I so I don't really put much weight behind it. But you know, there's already like discussion out there like battlefield 6 might be a game pass day and date game um and i'm just like eh i'll I'll see i'll see it but like you know if they if microsoft does have something that big maybe not battlefield but something as big as battlefield um like a big franchise from a third party even just one like and they've already done two in the month in the month of april um that's a big announcement that's you know that's not something small and it just shows that the war chest is open that Microsoft's using that 21 billion from the government for those HoloLens goggles uh, for gaming. Yeah. No, I mean, you said it earlier, right? Yeah. It's about, even if you don't have the games, it's about making people think that you have the games. Yes. They've been doing this, Microsoft and Sony, during the Xbox 360 run, you saw that timed exclusive content for Call of Duty came to xbox right mm-hmm. and it sold most on xbox and then the playstation 4 comes out of the gate smokes xbox they also have now that deal with activision for call of duty and for timed exclusive content and it sells best on there and it's one of those things where even with marketing you see it all the time where assassin's creed valhalla had xbox series x after mm-hmm. every commercial or every trailer and stuff like that it's like yeah, that's coming out to everything, but you're being told, hey, plays best here or play it on here, right? So you're being constantly bombarded with that information. So it becomes a situation where having it on Game Pass and available for subscribers, subscribers, subscribers even if it's not an exclusive game, it is now an exclusive benefit for that console. And so I definitely think we see a ton of that come yeah. come E3. And the stuff with the backwards uh, 60 FPS boost uh, to games, that expanding out, I imagine the backwards compatibility stuff picks back up again from the 360 era. I mean, God, give me, just, give me Lost Odyssey with the 4K update. That's all I want. Just make that game look pretty again, and I'll be happy. Um, but yeah, no, like even, you know, Sony is not part of the E3 presentation lineup, but they always do their own thing. Right. Same with Nintendo. Well, yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo is part of the E3 lineup though. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I think EA and Sony are not, but they always do their own thing. Activision, I I would guess they're probably partnered again with Sony. So uh, do you, do you think Nintendo just does an Nintendo direct E3 edition? You think that's how they handle this? 100% 100% like I don't know because what I, the E3 of it all right. is because I know in the past they always had a presence yeah. at E3 in the form of actual floor space but then released a Nintendo Direct usually you know right before or right after all the other press conferences and stuff like that but if this is a digital event you have to imagine that I mean like we, yeah what what are we talking about here is it is it the Entertainment Software Association just going hey we have E3 for you on our Twitch channel while Nintendo right. is also streaming it on YouTube right. and their own Twitch channel. Right. Like, I think I think that's what it ends up being. Uh, but for 
Um, but for, you know, the, oh, I forgot what the company, the ESA, that's what it's called. Yeah, the ESA, um, for them, it's just, it, they consolidate it for you. Um, they get these block of hours, they reserve it, and everybody knows when they show up. Uh, unlike Summer Game Fest, where it's just wider, longer, uh, over the course of a month. Uh, or the entire summer, depending. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, very excited to see uh, what gets announced since this was the first year we had new consoles and just seeing what's in the pipeline. Um, All right, so it looks like right. we have one more news story that you put on here. You want to talk about the changes to the Mass Effect trilogy? Yeah, so Mass Effect uh, Remastered, the Legendary Edition um, that is coming out, is getting quite a few updates uh, to the game. Things like, uh, let me quickly pull this back up. Yeah. So the Mako is getting an entire facelift, you know, improved handling, improved camera controls, the shields recharge faster, new thrusters for speed boost. Good, Uh, good, good. Just take it out of the game, actually. How about that? Yeah. Touching lava no longer results in instant mission failure uh, as well. Uh, So great stuff there. They're also streamlining uh, the combat in the original Mass Effect. They're tuning it. They're like, uh, originally it was more in line with the traditional traditional RPG mechanics, which doesn't make sense for a shooter. Uh, and like, I'm kind of glad they're touching that first one because I really was not a fan of the combat in that. I know some people were, but compared to 2 and 3, I just felt like 2 and 3 just nailed it. Um, Remind me, did the first one have the feature where you could... It was basically a timeline where you could queue up different party members' abilities and what they were going to do. And then it would do it in that order. I it, It's been so long, I honestly don't remember. Um, okay. I, I mean, yeah, I, those games definitely went more towards just being a full-out third-person shooter. Yeah. As far as the combat was concerned. But those abilities were so much fun. I'm also the idiot that played those games as a soldier um and so i think with if i do pick up this legendary edition i will likely give like some of those other classes uh a shot but do i really have time to replay a trilogy which i've already gotten all the achievements for (laughs) um probably not yeah i mean i'm excited for this in the same way that people are excited for 4k remasters of movies they've already seen i the difference being i'm willing to watch a two-hour movie again just to see how pretty it looks now i'm just not willing to play uh dozens and dozens of hours in a a game that i've already played and and beat just to see how pretty it is and where they've made changes i'm excited to see other people playing this so i can just see where the changes are and how much better it looks it's also one of those things where my problem with a lot of these remasters unless they're they're shorter games is that when i actually go ahead and play them most of the time they just line up with how my brain remembers them being anyway right like yeah i'm sure this game looks and plays significantly better than it did back then but if you asked me yesterday before i played this how the game looked and played i tell you it was this right because that's how my brain remembers it so. and like i i know you 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 have your feelings about the final fantasy 7 remake but like playing that after so many years of like you know 
the nostalgia of the original on the PlayStation. It was it just it brought to life um, a lot of those memories in such vivid detail. It, I mean, it, you know, it, it's amazing. It, I will, really I will is. give, I will give them credit in the fact that they did change a lot about that game when remaking and mm-hmm. remaking. And again, that's a remake versus a remaster, and so that is more interesting to me. Then now, granted, I still think that that game is pandering to fans who have nostalgia for Final Fantasy VII, and so there are things that make absolutely no sense to me because I have no background or uh, touchstone, nothing to reference it to. And so, if there are these major major changes in the story, they're all over my head because I didn't play the original one, and so. But at least they went in there and they did something different. I mean, even if it is, even if you just look at the combat system, that combat system is awesome. Yeah. Right. And so that is why for me, remakes are infinitely more interesting than remasters. remasters. I think the best part about remasters are, this is something that I can now tell my son, Hey, I played this when these came out and I love them. Now they look and play better here. Enjoy because I loved them for their story and for at the time the, you know, although it ended up being faux, like, you know, faked this sense of choice and actually affecting the narrative. Now all roads ended up leading to the same destination, you know, for the most part, but nevertheless, this is something that I can have him play and he'll actually play it versus, you know, it's hard to get somebody who's, 13 14 15 now to play something that was from the 360 era yeah um and like some other cool quality of life updates that they've done to this is like they've updated the character creator uh added new features as well as well as a new default uh femship um new achievements which is good might give me a reason to dive back in um you know progress for some achievements now carry all the way over three games um and you know all the weapon and uh, dlc packs are there i think there's one dlc pack that they lost which is pinnacle station uh but like you know the doctor i think there's like dr pepper related dlc tie-ins like that's all included uh and then for mass effect 3 they've rebalanced on the galaxy at war which was your preparedness for the final battle which tied into the multiplayer and since that's not the multiplayer is not coming over in this uh, they rebalanced it to be uh, the more content you complete across the entire trilogy, the more prepared you are uh, for the final battle. In Mass oh, that's cool. That's a great change. Yeah, that's that's a cool change. And the extended cut ending is now the game's default finale. Still not a great ending, but it's better than what was there before. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I at the end of the day, I'm in the camp that didn't find the ending that offensive or that. I wasn't that upset about it. I thought it was fine. I think the problem is, like I said, they gave you the illusion of there being more weight and value to your choices mm-hmm. when really at the end of the day, it just comes out to a multiple choice question. Yeah. All right. It's actually very similar to the video game trivia podcast that I used to host. And I'm actually going to be bringing back where the games before the final game don't really matter. It just comes down to that last game and mass effect. It really just comes down to 
that last interaction. Yeah. Poor, and the meme, Marauder Shields. I hope mm-hmm. they do something for him. Maybe give him like a bigger gun. Maybe he can stop you. <laughs> um. So that's all the news we had. And I think we kind of talked about subscription gaming enough when we were going through Outriders, Apple Arcade, and MLB, which was going to yeah. be our topic of the week. I think going forward, I think that is, we'll just tackle it if we can, if it naturally comes up a conversation, we'll just continue to tackle it throughout the, the podcast instead of trying to force it yeah, at uh, the end. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you uh, on that. Uh, as we're, I was actually going to message you on the side. We're like, I think, I think we're good for this episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do re- recommend uh, over at Polygon, Chris Plant put out this feature. Um, God, I don't know the name of it, but it's essentially about what happened on April 1st with the release of those Apple Arcade games and the release of Outriders on um, Xbox Game Pass, where subscription gaming, it's a quiet moment in gaming, but subscription gaming is here. It's changing the way we play games, um, I think, for the better. Um, we'll have to wait and see, but it, it, yeah, I, check out that piece. It, it's very well written, and I think it's a, it, it's a good discussion point uh, and a thing to keep in mind to see how the industry reacts does nintendo come up with something does sony um do something with playstation now to challenge game pass uh it, it's all it, it's all exciting and i'm excited for e3 as well as uh, game fest uh and you know it's a great time to be a gamer <laughs> yeah i mean I, I couldn't agree more like i said i i also believe that subscription gaming and game pass and apple arcade are changing the landscape for the better it's making games more accessible to more people obviously we have to see over the long term if it is sustainable and what the money looks like for developers what the money looks like for the companies themselves the publishers i mean spotify is fantastic and early on even now you hear some artists complain about the cut they're getting on spotify and stuff like that so i think if at the end of the day it benefits the developers and they're being properly compensated then i'm all for it and i'm excited for the subscription future as far as games concerned yeah i mean i i wait the day that microsoft announced hey game pass price is increasing <laughs> but yeah like yeah. like like i expect it like you know this is the good times they're getting everybody on board at this price and just like netflix it, that price increase will come maybe a couple dollars every year or so, but yeah. eventually it will come down to, hey, can we um, do this or not? Ooh, one more thing before we sign off. I wanted to mention it in what we've been playing, but I have an update regarding the Bang & Olsen oh, yes. headset. Yes, yes, so yes. This, this I is mentioned the topic it, of the week. <laughs> I mentioned it last week that I had hitting my pre-order for the navy blue ones and i wasn't sure if i was gonna keep it if i would cancel so i ended up canceling that pre-order because i got my hands on the all black ones from best buy like the very next day or two days later after recorded so i ended up returning my xbox wireless headset because there's no reason as much as i want to there's no reason for me to own as many headsets as I currently own for the Xbox. So I was able to return that since it was a recent purchase and I had only used it once or twice. 
and was able to actually use a ton of Best Buy Rewards credit, which made the purchase more reasonable on on my end. He used his five dollar so, certificate. He's just trying to justify no, no. it. <laughs> I had, you know, because I I moved last year and was buying a lot of new things for the house. I was using my Best Buy credit card quite a bit. I had amassed a significant amount of reward certificates. And so I was able to get these headphones. And let me tell you, as far as wireless headsets are concerned, these are by far the best sounding ones I've ever had. I love this headset. I will say that I I spoke before that I had some concerns about the mic not being an actual physical boom mic and it does seem like there are times where when I'm talking in it some of my friends say it sounds kind of like I'm talking in a, a bubble and that it's not the clearest um, it doesn't seem to be all the time so I don't know what's going on I don't know if it's when I have active noise cancellation all the way up if that's causing some problems or what the problem is I the other hiccup I ran into is that the Android app for whatever reason wasn't giving me the game settings option it was picking up that i had the headphone but it was only picking up the bluetooth settings and not the xbox settings as well i actually reached out to customer support asked them why this was happening they said no it should just work like once it recognizes it it should just pop up i went into the app store the play store looked at the app looked at the description read reviews saw someone else was having this issue and then also saw that for android you can choose to be a beta tester and get forward releases of the app itself on android so i was like all right well let me just opt into this two minutes later after opting up i open it back up and now it is giving me the game settings as well with the different game specific equalizers um, like the equalizer presets are game, which is just a flat equalizer, FPS, RPG, music, movies, and then a custom equalizer that you can mess around with yourself. I find them incredibly comfortable. They are weirdly light for how premium they feel as well. And I was talking about how I was hoping that it was the rotating ear cuff similar to the Microsoft ones. But what it actually is, is there's a touch bar on the back of the headset that just sliding up against it raises and lowers. On your left side, I have it set to gain and volume or I have it set to balance, right? So game and chat. And on the right side, it's just actual volume. You can also change it so that the left one instead of being the balance is active noise cancellation or mic monitoring so if you go all the way down on the active noise cancellation it does more than just stop it it actually uh, gives you mic monitoring and uses some of its microphones to pick up your own voice you hear your voice i cannot recommend anybody go out there and spend five hundred dollars on on a headset but if you were looking to possibly do it anyway and at least know that you are getting a premium great sounding headset so do you think i can put this on the baby registry and get away with it i mean you could put anything on the baby registry (sighs) bye bye baby carry these yeah right (laughs) um that sounds amazing i i'm i'm glad 
I'm glad they are great because I was hoping they would be. Now, if Malia asks what I want for my birthday, I'll mention these. She'll look at me and say no. <laughs> but there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, there's always a chance. There's always and a chance. I, the one negative, I don't want to be, I want to be kind of unbiased here and, and point out the negatives as well as the pros. They are great sounding. They are premium feeling. They feel great. They're very comfortable. Negatives, they are very expensive. And also, they do only have a 12-hour battery life when you're playing games. Now, if you're using them as just headphones, which you can do as Bluetooth headphones, I believe they have a 24-hour charge. But because it uses the app on your phone to handle all the equalizer settings, and it seems to be constantly connected to that as well, that cuts the the charge in half. So if you're using full active noise canceling and you're you're playing games, then you will see it drop down to um, about 12 hours. So I have been, I mean, I, I'm in the habit of when I put stuff away, I tend to charge it anyway, but um, I have been more aware of the fact that they're down to 30% and 15%. And it might just be the reality of having that app on my phone next to me looking at the app and it having right in front of my face what my charge level what my battery level is at which is also great a great feature um, but it just being more in my face making me more aware of it makes me more aware of how much battery life they actually have and they don't have as long as say the razor kairos that i have uh, as well or even the xbox ones i think i believe had longer battery life um, but yeah all right so that wraps it up for this week's episode did you test the bluetooth functionality with like gaming and um so you cannot so one of the things that the xbox wireless headset can do that this one can't is that it can do the bluetooth and the gaming at the same time so if you wanted to do discord or listen to a podcast on your phone while playing you could do that you cannot do that with this so you cannot have the Bluetooth and the Xbox at the same time. Now, I wasn't going to use that feature anyway, but if you were looking for that as something so that you could use Discord as well as play games and stuff like that, if you're playing cross-platform games with your, your friends, then that is unfortunately um, a con to that. My guess is that... Um, I have to imagine that audio quality suffers when you're doing those two things at the same time. And because this is a company that takes pride in its sound engineering and its, its sound quality, I I would like to think that that was just an, a conscious choice, right? And not just either an omission or them trying to, you know, save a buck or two when these cost as much as they do. Right. Yeah. And so, but, but yes, you cannot do that the same way you can with the Xbox uh, wireless headset or the way you can with the Razer Kyra Pros, which also have that feature. But even those, which I've had for longer than even, uh, the other two that I mentioned, I haven't used that feature not once. I just um, I just used it during uh, Outriders. I had uh, sunk the, wireless, the Xbox wireless headset to my phone and I kind of forgot about it. I yeah. Saw, I was uh, playing Outriders. I uh, servers went down. And I grabbed my phone. And I started watching a video, and the audio went straight to the headset. And like, I, I was like, "Wait, how am I hearing this so clearly?" And right, I was like, "I was right. like, oh, this is great." And like, the mixing in the headset and everything feels good. 
Um, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where I use it when I'm stuck in, like, a long... Like, if I was playing Destiny and grinding uh, matches or doing strikes, that's yeah. exactly where that feature right. is great for. But most so, of the time... What I just do, although it, you bring up a good point, it would be nice yeah. if I could bring up like a, a Twitch video that I just have in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time when I'm doing stuff like that, I just bring up the Spotify app and listen to a podcast on there. Like this podcast, which you can find on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to tell your friends about it. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment. All the help helps. Okay? And we do have plans to do more content besides continuing to do this as hopefully a, a weekly podcast uh i also want to bring back trivial royale which is a video game trivia game show where i have three of my uh buddies actually well i have two of my buddies and Bilal uh on the show <laughs> Ouch. uh competing over over video game trivia uh, we also want to get it so that we live stream it and have it up like an actual game show and eventually if we can build it I'd, I'd like to give out some prizes to listeners and, and viewers and stuff like that and so um, make sure to look out for that if possible I want to try to get something going this Friday um, I think it is a situation where we would air live Friday nights so that the people who are competing don't have to worry about work the next day and also if they want they can have a drink or two while they're playing and, and just enjoy themselves um and that should be available hopefully as a podcast and as a live stream shortly in the future. I do also want to start streaming more myself. I already mentioned one to stream Project Winter. I think I'm going to stream us playing some Outriders, especially when we get to some of that late game content. And we're just hanging out, chilling, talking. So come and join us in that. You can find me at SunnyVice20 on Twitter, Twitch. Instagram, pretty much everywhere, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. Um, feel free to follow me over there. What about you, Bilal? Where can people follow people you? People can find me at on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mian, B-I-L-A-L underscore M-I-A-N. You'll also find my tragic Spider-Man story in image form. Uh, and then you can always follow the work print at the work print on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, instagram um yeah we're everywhere um and you know we're also doing a falcon and winter soldier podcast got three episodes left there with norton who's reviewing it for the site and uh we had christian join for our episode two and three podcast just yesterday you can catch that on our work print uh podcast feed as well um and then hopefully um maybe we'll do something for mortal Kombat, rob i i know i didn't mention this yet to you but maybe with the movie dropping later this month it'll be something fun to do with a group of guys yeah i mean i'd be down i i know for sure that myself and some of the friends i mentioned before some people i plan on having on this podcast and on the game show we all plan on watching it day one as soon as we can so yeah. that could be a lot of fun so just listen like we said follow me over on twitter go ahead and follow below and follow the work print all constructive criticism and comments and concerns and suggestions send them his way yeah um, oh yeah and you can send them to um the work print at gmail.com and right. uh yeah if you got any emails you want to send over send them our way and uh we'll read them on the show yeah sounds great to me until next time bye-bye, bye-bye.